This is Ben Gillespie interviewing James Welling at his home on the 22nd of June, 2020 for the Smithsonian Institution Archives of American Art Pandemic Project. Um, would you like to tell me a little bit about how you've experienced 2020 so far? Um, let's see, I uh, was fortunate to have a show in Paris in January. So um, my wife and I went to Paris. Um, part of the show, uh, the, the work is around antiquity. So while I was in Paris, I went to the Louvre uh, four days in a row, uh, where I saw uh, uh, lots and lots of tourists. And I was in contact with a lot of tourists. And I also observed a lot of uh, Chinese tourists. Um, I assume were Chinese. Maybe they were from other Asian countries wearing masks which um, I was aware of the pandemic at that point or the impending uh, pandemic. And, um, but uh, I didn't really take any precautions. Um, I remember my wife was feeling ill one day. So I went to a French pharmacy and um, drew a picture of a mask uh, that was sold out. Uh, so that gave me a, a sense of, uh, anyway, what might be on the, on the roll. Uh, then we went to London uh, for a memorial for uh, Peter Wolin. And um, we thinking back now, we were, if we were there a few weeks later, we might have, everyone might have gotten very sick. So, you know, the pandemic was sort of on our minds, but it hadn't been named. Um, I would read about it every day in the paper. But um, anyway, um, of course, retrospectively, the pandemic is was on everyone's mind even in January. I remember coming back on February 1st and getting very ill um, for four days. I'm generally in extremely good health. I don't think I've ever had the flu, um, but I was uh, knocked out for four days coming back from Europe and um, had to cancel my first class at Princeton, which um, I've never done. Anyway, um, that was the beginning. That was January and February. So how else have you felt the impact of COVID-19 in your life since then? Oh. Oh, well, uh, I just, uh, in terms of uh, the slow buildup, um, I think in mid-beginning of March, uh, Princeton canceled its classes on a Monday. Um, my class class was on a Wednesday, so I went in. Very, In a way, it was very surprising and kind of shocking that almost every at the beginning of the pandemic, almost everything that was being rolled out seemed absolutely in, inconceivable that, that we wouldn't be able to go to class, that uh, we would actually be sheltering in place. There was an amazing few weeks when, you know, it dawned on, on me and my wife and uh, friends that life was really, really radically changing. Um, that, I think that was the biggest surprise was the um, every day you think this can't be that bad, but it actually was. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, coming to terms in the beginning. Then when we were essentially um, quarantined, um, the first few weeks were, of course, very surprising and, and uh, a little um, uh, depressing, scary, not a lot of information about how the virus was transmitted. So there's a lot of uh, uh, not high-level fear, but lots of low-level anxiety. 
I have to say that uh, when I was four years old, I um, spent three months in indoors in the summer of my fourth year with nephritis, which is a kidney disease. And um, I, I was treated and, and, you know, survived. But my brother, who also uh, had it, uh, we spent the entire summer indoors. Uh, my mom would make us uh, picnics and we'd sit on the living room in the living room rug with a blanket spread out and have an outdoor picnic. We weren't allowed to go outdoors for three months. And for a four-year-old, this was very uh, uh, hard. The first few weeks of the pandemic, I said to my brother, it reminds us of when we had nephritis because there's a lot of you know indoor activity. That said, I'm um, secure enough financially that the the uh, pandemic hasn't affected me uh, at all. Um, so I'm one of the very lucky uh, people who um, have retired from UCLA and I still teach at Princeton's. I get social security. So in a way, economically, the pandemic hasn't affected me. Um, I'm also someone who likes to spend a lot of time in my studio. I didn't understand exactly uh, how time outside, um, for doing various things also was important. So now I'm spending all my time indoors. They have not been out much for three months, a uh, few short walks occasionally. Uh, so it's been a very uh, intense time uh, in terms of trying to get work done, always feeling like I'm not doing enough and I'm not making good use of this time. That's another idea that has popped up is if not now, when? So trying to look at some of the things that I have always pushed off to the future, organizing my archives, uh, throwing work out, uh, organizing my studio, trying to do that now. Um, but another question would be helpful. Well, I'm certainly thinking about all of these, these ways in which you can utilize this time being back indoors. Uh, have there been any particular ways in which you've documented this time or marked the, the return to the indoors? Um, so uh, about three weeks into the uh, quarantine, staying indoors, I began to um, look around for a camera. Uh, my, my main camera was being repaired and it was unfortunately, I, I left it to be repaired so I didn't have it, but I had a smaller Nikon uh, that actually really like a digital camera. And so I began to photograph out my window, which is face faces east on Lafayette street. So I began to photograph federal express this is from the fifth floor. So I'm looking down, I began a project, not really sure uh, whether it will become a full fledged body of work, but uh, I began to photograph out my window. It, um, I began to photograph food messengers, food delivery people, pedestrians, um, people wearing masks, people not wearing masks. And then uh, after the killing of George Floyd, uh, I began to document the protests that would go up and down Lafayette Street and Grand Street and Center Street outside my window. So for the last two and a half months, I've been documenting what's been happening out my window, first with COVID and then with the uh, protests around social justice. And I, 
I've noticed some of those on your Instagram, and I was wondering if your social media engagement has changed over the course of the pandemic. Um, I, you know, previously on social media, I uh, posted a lot of uh, videos on, on trains uh, and uh, or things that interested me. Uh, I don't think I think I've, I'm posting making fewer posts. I, I don't think my social media is an important um, gauge to uh, my aesthetic life uh, per se. I mean, I think I'm, I use social media the way many, many people do. It's not a, um, a precise form that say an exhibition would be. It's more like a kind of look into Things that I, I value, that I find interesting, uh, that are, you know, topical or current. But I don't feel that um, me, James Welling, my social media account, uh, is that uh, significant in the bigger picture. That is, it's not, uh, I, I know that someone like John DeVola, who I'm a uh, big fan of his work, he basically posts images of his work. And at the beginning of Instagram, I was, I wasn't a big fan of artists who post just pictures of their work. But John, I think, has turned social media into, you know, a platform for his work. I think that's that's very interesting. I I follow a couple of other artists um, avidly. you know, I have, I follow many people. Um, but I want to say that my social media is at, uh, you know, that different or important as, as opposed to other people. Okay. Uh, well, how do you feel about the, your sense of human connection? Has it shifted a bit uh, during quarantine and also with documenting what's going around you uh, between the activities that are still going on during a pandemic as well as social justice protests? Well, that's a multiple, multiple, uh, multiple question, multiple um, part question. Uh, First, I think a lot of people are surprised at how they don't miss going to art openings uh, or art events. Uh, I miss going to museums. I miss seeing shows. But um, there are a lot of things that take out, take away from creative time, um, social uh, and obligations. So there's a way that the enforced uh, solitude is not a bad thing. It um, has... Um, you know, separated me from, um, for instance, my Princeton community. Um, George Floyd's killing happened, I think, after school ended in May. So we pretty much ended uh, our Zoom. Every So one of the interesting things about COVID was the use of Zoom. That became... Um, a way that the Princeton faculty and the visual arts program, we met every week um, to 
talk about the changed landscape in our teaching, uh, which was um, you know massive. I never in my wildest dreams ever thought I would teach, quote unquote, online. When I taught at UCLA, this was something that was just beginning as a movement, and the UCLA Department of Art faculty was absolutely against this, and uh, I was too. Uh, the idea that you could teach visual art um, remotely. In one week, we had to, you know, leap into this new environment, learn how to use Zoom, which luckily Princeton provided for us. Um, luckily, Princeton provided all of the stu my students with Photoshop, so I was able to radically transform what was previously an analog photography class to a digital photography class and um, um, just sort of forge ahead um, with my 10 students, most of whom lived in the East Coast, but I had a student who returned to China and a student who lived in India. So the whole Zoom experience teaching, I mean, that was a massive transformation. Um, and then also working with the faculty every week, which was more more, a more frequent connection than we would ever have had if we were on campus. So the interesting thing in, in answer to the first question about social relations, I, I got to see the insides of everyone's um, residences, um, the staff and faculty, you know, where they live, what the backgrounds, what backgrounds they chose to put up. So that was, you know, very interesting from a social sociological point of view. Um, Zoom etiquette, learning how to handle yourself in a Zoom meeting. So that was, you know, a fascinating um, um, experience. And it looks like I'm, I'm gearing up uh, to teach again in the fall online. Even if Princeton comes back, I'm. Uh, because I'm 69 years old, even though I'm in uh, fantastic health, in my opinion, I just don't want to risk um, commuting down to Princeton and teaching. So um, the whole Zoom experience. Now, um, I've, um, you know, I don't have a lot of close friends that I see very frequently. My wife has many more friends that she's always on the phone with or, or meeting up every week with. Um, my life socially consists of my teaching and uh, meeting with, occasionally meeting with people from my gallery, David's Horner Gallery, um, and occasionally seeing friends, but it's a lot more isolated, they say, than my wife's. Um, interestingly, I now have a Tuesday Zoom call with a, with a friend in England who I uh, got to know a lot better in January when I was over there. And now we meet every um, Tuesday and converse and uh, look at trains online. But mostly mm -hmm. it's a conversation about what's going on in our lives and our teaching. And so in an interesting way, um, I also have a standing uh, Zoom call now with my brother once a week which is um, previously I would see him every couple of months. I mean, we enjoy each other's company, but um, now we, we speak more often. And I have another standing call with uh, someone every couple of weeks, an art historian. So 
even though face-to-face direct personal contact has been eliminated, I am keeping in touch to some extent in a different and more just a different different way. Now, um, around questions of um, you know coming out of the social justice movement, Princeton, as I said, ended before this happened. So, my class. Um, my students in my analog slash digital photography class were mostly working on issues around pandemic. How can you make art in a pandemic and not have it be about that to some extent? Um, so school let out and then uh, uh, the rallies and uh, movement uh, started. So uh, I really didn't have to deal with that in uh, in teaching. Uh, one of the ways that I'm uh, sort of involved with issues around um, Black Lives Matter and social justice is I'm on the board of a foundation, the Foundation for Contemporary Art, which um, over the last few years has really tried to improve both board members, uh, in, um, getting uh, a diverse board and also extending uh, the reach of the foundation into other communities that it hadn't reached before. And so this has been something that the board has been interested in and the staff have been working on, but the uh, killing of George Floyd and defund the police and all of the um, demonstrations have really caused the foundation to start thinking about, A, should we issue a statement in support of social justice, and B, how can we change our um, core values statement uh, and possibly um, deal with issues around that. So um, I've been involved in a couple of phone calls, and I've been thinking a lot about um, exclusivity in visual art, Maybe it's elitism, questions around experimentality, which the Foundation for Contemporary Art prioritizes experimental work. Um, so thinking a lot about uh, that. And um, the Foundation has been doing a really good job at uh, reaching out to former recipients of their large grants and talking to them about um, how, how the Foundation is perceived and we're getting feedback from, from them. So my interaction with questions around social justice is as a someone who's listening to a lot of this and watching, um, thinking about what the foundation should do, but I'm not an active participant. I'm someone who's actually learning a lot. Well, I guess um, to, to sort of wrap it up, um, what memories or lessons do you think are the most urgent to document in this moment? Um, oh, I forgot to mention the whole uh, experience of clean air. Uh, the Green New Deal arrived many years too early and now is disappearing. Uh, I don't know. You know, I think. 
you know, my perspective on the pandemic and the protests, since I haven't participated in any because I'm worried about my health. Um, my experience has been one that has been minimally impacted. I've been conceptually impacted, not being able to visit family members or travel, um, but still with a big backlog of work. So I think um, I think the impact to someone like me has been, I want to say minimal, but it would be very interesting to talk to an artist who has a straight job, a younger artist who is then found, finds themselves with lots of time on their hands and how to deal with that. Um, I don't know, are you able to reach out to younger uh, artists? I imagine you're probably, your cutoff is probably toward more professional people who are not, you know, struggling to make a living. Well, part of this project is expanding the range a little bit to, yeah. to talk to younger artists who are less established. Absolutely. That's like super important because, you know, as I said at the beginning, I am uh, financially stable. My life, you know, it's been a relief in a certain sense not to have to deal with certain social obligations. Um, so I'm making hopefully good use of the studio time. Uh, I'm trying to read up on issues around social justice and uh, um, black aesthetics. Um, so I'm I'm probably the person who the the the, the pandemic has affected the least, or my my class of of artists who are financially secure. So I would really uh, um, hope that you can you can find uh, other younger artists, and I can provide you with some names if you you'd like. Um, uh, very young artists and, uh, you know, other artists who are still working away um, at uh, straight jobs, non-teaching non jobs. Yeah, um, yeah, that would be wonderful. Well, uh, I'd like to thank you and we can mark this as uh, the end of the interview.